church, let us know, pages 960. Pages 960. <clears throat> it's me. Fall fine, let us sing together. It's me, it's me, I know it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's me, it's me, I know it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my father or my mother, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my father or my mother, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Uh, it's me, it's me, I know it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Uh, it's me, it's me, I know it's me, oh Lord, uh, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not my brother or my sister, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Uh, it's me, it's me, I know it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Uh, it's me, it's me, I know it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not the elders or the deacon, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It's not the elders or the deacons, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Uh, it's me, it's me, I know it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Uh, it's me, it's me, I know it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. It's not my neighbor or a stranger, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. It's not my stranger, but it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Church Letters No Pages, 985. <clears throat> when morning comes, pages 985. Fall, find us sing together. Trials dark on every hand, and we cannot understand all the ways that God will lead us to that blessed promised land, uh, but he'll guide us with his eye, and we'll follow till we die. Uh, we will understand it better uh, by and by. We're singing by and by. Oh, when the morning comes, you know that all the saints of God are gathering home, and we will tell the story how we overcome. Uh, we will understand it better by and by. All the 
cherished plans to fail, our disappointment have prevailed. And we wandered in the darkness, heavy hearted and alone. But we're trusting in the Lord and according to his word. Uh, we will understand it better uh, by and by. We're singing by and by. Oh, when the morning comes, you know that all the saints are God are gathering home. And we will tell the story how we overcome uh, we will understand it better by and by. Temptations, hidden snares, often take us unaware. And our hearts are made to bleed for each thought of word or deed. And we wonder why the test when we try to do our best. But we'll understand it better by and by. We're singing by and by. Oh, when the morning comes, you know that all the saints of God are gathering home. And we will tell the story how we overcome uh, we will understand it better by and by. Amen. Church, let us know pages 957. <clears throat> this world is not my home. After this next song selection, we have scripture reading and prayer. Page 957. <clears throat> Father, find out sing together. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't I feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't I feel at home in this world anymore they all expecting me and that's one thing i knew my savior pardon me and now i onward go i know he'll take me through though i am weak and poor and i can't i feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven.
heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Just up in glory land we'll spend eternity. The saints on every hand are shouting victory. The song of sweetest prayer back from heaven's shore and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Amen. Good morning, church. Scripture reading will be read from the book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verses 6 through 11. That's Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 11. And it reads as following. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, said the Lord. For far as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from the heaven, and returneth not thicker, but water it, the earth, and make it bring forth in buds, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. May God continue blessing the readers, the hearers, and the doers of his word. Let us bow and go to our heavenly Father in prayer. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven. Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth, with thanksgiving in our hearts, thanking you for so many blessings you have blessed us with. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our health and our strength and close in our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the ones that are present, and we pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that had the desire to be here, but for some reason wasn't able to be. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for blessing us with food, clothes, transportation, and financial means. 
We also thank thee, Heavenly Father, for bringing us out of darkness and putting us into your marvelous light. But most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and were buried, rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church that we are a member of. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the Holy Spirit. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for your word, which is our guideline from earth to glory. We pray, Heavenly Father, for each and every member here in Inglewood Church of Christ and their families and friends. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless us with the thing you know we stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's working on the front line. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue blessing them with the thing you know they stand in need of according to your will. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut-in. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's traveling. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get to and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We also pray for the bereaved families all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort and strengthen those families in the way, Heavenly Father, that only you know how. And we pray, Heavenly Father, if we think and we think, say, or do anything contrary to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue strengthening us while we are weak and build us up, Heavenly Father, where we are torn down. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that your will will be done here on earth as it is done in heaven. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we will continue loving each other more and more each day. And we pray, Heavenly Father, we will be a better Christian today than we were yesterday. And we pray, Heavenly Father, a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper, that he come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we are listen, listen, though we are listening toward eternity. Because thee will be eternal matters, he will be delivering unto us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, Heavenly Father, but doers of your word. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that the things we learn, we'll go and teach others and tell them what they must do to be saved. Oh, Heavenly Father, we know the harvest is plentiful but the labors are few. And Heavenly Father, we pray that this witcher service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey, said our last prayer and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your son, and I will save you Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Church, I'm going to ask you to uh, place your markers at pages 904 for the Song of Invitation. Pages 904, 
for the song of invitation. And our next song selection, let us know, page 885. How beautiful heaven must be. Once again, page 885. Let us sing together. We read of a place that's called heaven. It's made for the pure and the free. These true things God's word he has given. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven, a rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven, a rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. In heaven, no drooping, no pining. No wishing for elsewhere to be. God's light is forever there shining. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. Pure waters of life there are flowing. And all who will drink must be free. Rajuals of splendor are glowing. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. How beautiful heaven must be, must be. Sweet home of the happy and free. Fair haven of rest for the weary. How beautiful heaven must be. Church letter note, note pages 871. Beautiful. Page 871. Fall, find out, sing together. 
Beautiful robe, so white. Beautiful land of light. Beautiful home, so bright. Where there shall come no night. A beautiful crown I wear, shining bright. Oh, there yonder in mansions fair. Gather us there, beautiful road, beautiful land, beautiful home, beautiful band, a beautiful crown, shining so Shining so, shining so fair, beautiful mansion bright. Gather us there, yes, gather us there. Beautiful thought to me, we shall forever be thine in eternity. When from this world. We're free, free from his toils and care, heavenly joy to share. Let me cross over there. This is my prayer. Beautiful road, a beautiful land. Beautiful home, beautiful bed, beautiful crown, shining so, shining so, shining so fair, beautiful man, John Bright, gather us there, yes, gather us there, beautiful thing. On high, yonder, yonder sky, this this shore, counting my treasures, oh, where we shall never die, carry me by and by, never to sorrow more. Heavenly store, beautiful road, beautiful land, beautiful home, beautiful band, beautiful crown, shining so, shining so, shining. So man, beautiful man, John Bright, gather us a beautiful road, beautiful land, land of mine, beautiful home so bright, beautiful band of mine. Beautiful, beautiful crown, shining, yes, shining so fair, beautiful man.
befitting uh, of the words of a song that leads us in, into uh, the, the throne room of God, uh, into a position of prayer and meditation. Uh, it is about how beautiful heaven is. Uh, it is about a place that we have never been, but certainly one that we desire to go to. Uh, it is about a place that uh, has eternal life. Uh, it is about a place where there is no more sorrow, no more pain, and and no more suffering. Uh, it is about a crown that faded not away. Paul says that he had fought a good fight, uh, that he had kept the faith, and that he had finished his course. We knew henceforth that the crown of righteousness was the Lord, the righteous judge given in that day. Not only unto him, but unto all those who love his appearing. Uh, this song, with all of its wonderful and lofty words, uh, help us to reflect on the words of John in the book of Revelations when John said that he was in heaven. Now he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he peered into heaven. God gave him such a blessing of a vision uh, to see streets of gold and walls of jasper. Uh, he recalled, if you will, in the book of Revelation that he saw the sun and that is the S-O-N, not the S-U-N. Uh, but he saw the S-O-N and he shined bright. Amen. There was no need for the S-U-N because the S-O-N was shining bright enough. Uh, what, a what a scenery, what a vision that God gave to John, and what a song uh, that has been put together by the, uh, by the inspiration of those words in, in this title uh, called Beautiful. Thank you, Brother Martin, for leading us uh, in such a wonderful song as we go into, uh, go into the, the teaching uh, and the preaching of God's word. It is good to be here this morning. Uh, I don't know about you, but every time we are able to make it to another Lord's Day, it's been a good week. Amen. It's been a good week, and I'm just so thankful to God that he has allowed us uh, to be able to return uh, to worship, uh, to bow at his feet, and to uh, uh, bring before him all of those things which are on our hearts uh, that we know that we've wrestled with and struggled with and challenged ourselves with, uh, that now we can lay it before his feet and ask God to take it from us. Uh, Lord, we've done all we can with it. We've managed it as best as we could. Uh, and now our strength has been depleted uh, in dealing with these things. So worship is a time where we can come before God and say, Lord, I'm laying it at your feet. I'm giving it over to you. Uh, and whatever your will is, your will will be done. Beautiful, beautiful robes so white. I want to call your attention very quickly uh, to the book of uh, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah the prophet. Uh, the chapter is 55. Isaiah the prophet, uh, the chapter is 55. And we've been addressing this uh, very comprehensive theme about uh, the various constructs of God's, uh, uh, of God's word. We've been uh, looking at the ark of the covenant, if you will, the ark that is in the covenant, the ark that is uh, Noah's ark. And we've been looking at the tabernacle, and we, 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 we've talked about that. And we've also looked at the temple, the structure, the physical structure of the temple. And then we 
went into the, uh, uh, through all of that, we interwove the spiritual concept, which was the church. And, and we began to, we, we actually spoke about uh, the spiritual nature of the church, making sure that we understood the difference between the physical uh, and the spiritual. And so we made the, uh, uh, the argument that they, that those things which are in the physical was always temporary. Those things which in the physical were always temporary. Those things which were in the spiritual were eternal. The church is eternal. Amen. God is going to save the church. There's no doubt about that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and 24, Ephesians 5 helps us to understand that God is going to save the church. And he's talking about the, those who are spiritually uh, 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 prepared to enter into heaven's glory. Uh, and so we, as we looked at the ark and the tabernacle and the temple, we are on that side of the physical. These are things, these are constructs that God designed and had man build. But when it comes to the church, remember, God didn't give it over to man to build the church. The church was given to Christ. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That shows you that the church is eternal. Somebody's going to be saved. Amen. And, and I just I just pray that we all are saved in the in the in the church of Christ, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. Uh, I, I pray that as Peter says in first Peter four. When he says judgment begins first at the house of God, and if it first begin at us, then where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? I pray that when God looks at the house of God, when he looks at his church, that there are those of us who have, who have committed ourselves unto the, unto the life of Christianity, not only in the sense of knowing the word of God, but living the word of God. That God has now seen us as Romans chapter 12 has described so definitively when he says presenting your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I pray that when we stand before the judgment bar of God, that God can see those of us who have presented our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. For those are the ones who will hear those words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I've been faithful over a few things, so I'll make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So we, 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 we know that the church and, and the word of God is on the spiritual side of this discussion. The church was not built by man. Don't ever let anybody tell you that the Lord's church was built by man because it was not built by man. It was built by Christ. Amen. And therefore, being built by Christ, it was built by God. Amen. How do, how do we know this? I mean, there's word that helps us to understand this, under, this concept, right? Because in John 17, remember Jesus said unto God the Father, I have completed the work that you have given me to do. Amen. And you've got to understand God has always been in the plan. Amen. The Father has always been in the plan. He has given that plan, if you will, to Christ. Christ gave that plan to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit presented that plan to faithful men of God who would, in fact, carry out uh, the, 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 the manifestation of all the things that God desired for the world to know. And, and so I, I, I share this as an opening discussion because I, I wanted to bring in Isaiah 55. Now, Isaiah is a prophet. One of the and, and the world has a, a, a problem with categorizing things, amen. They, they, they want to put folk over one thing and other folk under another. But let me tell you something. When you talk 
to the word of God, when you, when you, when you, when the word of God talks to you, you seek out of the book and you begin to desire a understanding. Let me tell you something. Every true prophet was a good prophet. That, that, that did that which was right in the eyes of God is a good prophet. Amen. And so, so I just want to clarify that because I know we do our studies. We're very studious people and we read these phrases that man has placed in there. And you say, well, I don't study the minor prophets. I only study the major prophets. As if the minor prophets didn't have something true to say about God's word. If it's true, it's irrelevant to how we try to describe them. Amen. Because God only defined prophets in two ways. Either you were a true prophet or you were a false prophet. Amen. So, so you know, don't get into the world's idea of who you should be reading. The Bible said, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing, handling right the word of truth. That's all you need to be focused on. Can I go to the word of God and find out the meaning of what God has to say about things? That I may begin to build my life and structure my life around what God desires me to be and not the world has defined me as becoming. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a child of God. I want to be that which God finds acceptable and holy before him. And, and so Isaiah helps us to understand how to navigate the spiritual side of this conversation. Remember, the ark, the temple, the tabernacle, all those things were built by man. God gave them the plans, but yet they were built by man. When God gave the, uh, the, 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 the promise of the church, he gave it to Christ, and Christ did not delegate that responsibility to some man. The Holy Spirit did not delegate that responsibility to some man. Jesus made it very clear in Matthew 16, 18. He said, upon this rock, I will build. And so that just eliminates, and anybody else says, well, so-and-so built the church. You know what? That's a place you don't need to be. That's a place you don't need to be because if so-and-so built it and that so-and-so isn't Christ, then that's something that Christ did, that God did not ordain to be built. Are y'all with me? I, I'm just trying to get us to, to the spiritual side of this conversation. To the spiritual side. Because, see, I want to be saved in that which is eternal. Amen. I, I don't want to be saved in that which is temporary. Ooh, I'm going to come down the line here. Let me tell you something. Amen. If you go into a place that was built by man, even though they call it something by some religious definition or some religious idea that is placed on that building, this is the tabernacle, the great mountain of the sea of the whatever, and that's where you are going. Let me tell you something. It is temporary and it's not going to make it. Amen. Because that which is temporary can't make it into that which is further you know getting out of this concept of buildings and structures and all of this other stuff let me tell you something the very fact that God made man in a in a triune way we call it the the the, the flesh the soul and the spirit but notice something here that which is temporary that which is temporary that which is a temporary came from that which was temporary oh Lord have mercy
refresh. That spirit will go back to God who gave it. Why? Because that is what is spiritual. And that is what is eternal. And that is what God desires to have. So whenever you're studying God's word, whenever you're reading God's word, understand God is not speaking to your flesh. God is speaking to your spirit. Amen. And the flesh, if you will, is to be, is to be presented unto God as a living sacrifice. Amen. In other words, in order for that flesh to be presented to God in the way that God finds your life acceptable is because the spirit has been strengthened enough to overcome the influences and the desires of the flesh that it may overcome them and then present that body doing what God desires to be done. That which is temporary, rather, becomes insignificant in our life's journey. Amen. And that's why Jesus could say, and and, and he puts it out here to the point where we we can get it, where we can grasp it, because God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways, right? So God has, God has to put it in a place where we can get it, right? Where we can understand it, where we can comprehend it. And that's why Jesus says in Matthew 7, when he says, look, he says, he says, he says, he said, what does it profit a man? Lord have mercy. If he should gain the whole world. Look, he don't even play around. Look, it ain't about your, your, your house in, 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 in the Caymans. Right? It ain't about all the zeros, whatever you have in your bank account. Amen. Y'all remember the song we used to sing? This world is not my home. You know, we used to sing that song. It used to have meaning, too. But now folks don't even sing that song no more. Oh, that's old singing. You know why? Because you don't don't want to hear the truth. Amen. It's not about what you can gain down here. Jesus says, what does it profit you if you could could possibly get to the point where you can gain the whole world and possess everything that the world has to offer? If you could gain it, what does it profit you? What does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world? Look what he says. We're talking about the physical versus the spiritual. What does it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, all that physical, all of it, and lose? which is spiritual, that which belongs to God. Amen. God says, and what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Amen. You live your life focused on that which is temporary, you will lose that which is eternal. Lord have mercy. What you have to do, what we have to do, is to focus on that which is eternal. Stay with me now. So that we can gain that which is temporary. Amen. Lord have mercy. Amen. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. You gotta focus on that which is eternal Amen. in order to even appreciate that which is temporary. Amen. Amen. And by the way, every good gift, every perfect gift coming down from the father of lights and even if God blesses you to gain some stuff it's not because you've been so good 
It's because God designed it and designed it to be. Lord, have mercy. And that's why Paul told Timothy, you make sure you warn the rich, you inform those who will be wealthy, that they understand what wealth is supposed to be used for. He said, make sure you inform them that they be ready to distribute, to help others. Because what they were given wasn't for themselves. It was a blessing from God for them to help other folk. Are y'all with me? And so we need to separate the physical from the spiritual. And so Isaiah says here, Isaiah comes to, we come to the text in Isaiah, amen, and we'll get to Hebrews 4, back to our text about the, the word being sharp and powerful, and then any two-edged sword piercing, even to the dividing of the sun of the soul and the spirit of the bone and the marrow. We'll get back to that text. But in Isaiah, Isaiah something, says something very important to all of us when it comes to the word of God. He says, look, in, in Isaiah 55, he is addressing, And let me give you a little bit of context here. He's addressing the children of Israel. And the children of Israel have been, if you will, impacted by by the the Assyrians. In other words, they had uh, begun to live their lives, not according to how God had planned for them to live their lives in the land of Canaan, uh, if you will. But they had begun to live their lives in a way that the people of the land, designed and desired for them to live. And when they did so, what they did was they, 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 they moved away from God and they started following after the things of the world, the people of the land. Amen. You know why? Because they forgot that they were, the people, they were God's chosen people. They were set aside, set apart for God. Amen. Now, remember, we already talked about this in, in, in Romans chapter 9, where God had said that they didn't follow after the law. They didn't, they didn't seek it by faith. Therefore, that which was physical never transcended into that which was spiritual. And they, in, in, in not doing that, they, they lost their, 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 their souls and, their, and, their, and, and, in a sense, their birthright in being children of the Most High God because they didn't seek God based on faith as Abraham did. They sought him based on, well, I'm just going to do this, even though I may not believe this. I'm just going to do this. See, when you're just doing something and you don't believe it, you might be doing it, but doing it stays in the realm of the physical. It never makes its way into the realm of the spiritual. Oh, Lord, have mercy. And let me, let me, let me, let me, let me help you with that. In Matthew 7 and 21, remember what Jesus says, when there will be many in that day that shall come unto him and say unto him, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in thy name? Have I not done many wonderful works? Haven't we not cast out devils? Well, wait a minute. All of these things appear that they are doing something. But in doing it, it never made it into why it would be done and should be done. In other words, it wasn't being done to the glory of God. It was being done to their own selfish glory. And so when Jesus says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, you can do some stuff and appear to want to do some stuff. But if your spirit is not connected to God's spirit, you just doing stuff that is temporary. That has no long term benefit because it's not connected to that which is spiritual. Are y'all with me? And so we find ourselves in Isaiah. And, 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 And these individuals that were, were, were the, 
says to them through the prophet Isaiah, uh, uh, and Isaiah was one of those prophets that didn't, Isaiah didn't mince words, amen. Isaiah told it like it is, amen. And that, that was one of the reasons why the kings couldn't deal. They, 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 you know, those kings that dealt, that, that, that wanted to do those things which were false before God, uh, or, or did those things which were evil before God, they didn't want to hear from Isaiah. Because when they asked Isaiah some stuff, Isaiah just laid it out there. Amen. Isaiah just let it be known that if you don't turn to the Lord, you're going to have some problems. You might be doing things that you feel good about, but be feeling good about something that you're doing doesn't mean that it's right. So if you, if you, if you, if you cast out devils and, 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 and declare, that, declare that you've done many wonderful works and, and have done all these things, and Jesus comes back as he says in Matthew 7 and 21, depart from me, ye that worketh iniquity, for I never knew you. He didn't say you didn't do those things. He was saying that those things didn't transfer into the spiritual side. Were you doing it for God's glory? Or were you doing it for your own glory? Help us, Lord Jesus. In Isaiah 55 and verse number 6, Isaiah writes to the children of Israel and he says to them, look, he says, look, he says, if you want an abundant life, if you want to live according to how God uh, designed uh, uh, for us to live, he says, look, you need to understand that you need you need to come out of the world and you need to start focusing in on Christ. And in, in, in chapter 55 and verse number 6, Isaiah, he says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Lord, have mercy. Call ye upon him while he is near. I want you to see something here as we deal with the idea of the spiritual versus the, 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 the physical and the carnal side. Notice something here. That which is eternal is supposed to live forever. And it will live forever in one of two places. I don't have time to deal with John 5, 29. But, but when, you, when you talk about resurrection unto life, resurrection unto damnation, the spirit, that, that the ultimate end of the spirit will be in one of those two places. Don't get too distracted with that right now. We'll get to that at some other point. But right now, when you're talking about the spiritual life versus the physical life, notice what he says here. He says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Now, if you stay there for a minute, you meditate on it, you find in that word that Isaiah gives us a sense of urgency. Amen. In other words, there's going to come a time when it'll be too late to try to change your mind. Oh, amen. But seek the Lord, he says, while he may be found. In other words, while God has reached forth and said to our carnal minds, become spiritual. Embrace the word of God. Let it shape and mold your life as Ephesians chapter 2 helps us to understand. Become God's workmanship. Created unto all good works. Romans chapter 8. Become that conqueror. That understands that you might have to deal with the ups and downs of your life. But don't let the ups and downs keep you from focusing on who is able to give you eternal life. For we are more than conquerors. When we focus on Christ. Doesn't mean that you're not going to suffer some stuff. But when my spiritual mind has become strong enough to supersede my carnal mind, I am now focused on those things which are eternal and not on those things which are temporary. Let me, let me help you along here. 
You have to seek him while he may be found. And I want you to understand something here. The significance of this text even goes beyond just the idea of time. But even in the, in the, in the concept of, 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 of generation or age. In other words, we don't know where death is. All we know is that the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die. But we don't know where death is. So young people, I give this to you as a way of getting you to understand the significance of why he says the, in the urgency, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. You don't know when God says it's time for you to go. Amen. It's time for that physical body to give up its animation. And as James says, the body without the spirit is dead being alone. When God says it's time for you to go, and when you go, he says, if you die in your sin, look what he says. If you die in your sin, where he is, you cannot come. And so since we don't know where death is, let me tell you something. It is incumbent upon each one of us to really consider each day that we are living, that we are presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice. You know why? Because it may be that day. When God calls you home, when God calls, and let me tell you something, when God calls, everyone will have to answer. Seek ye the Lord, he says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. There's a sense of urgency, call ye upon him while he is near. And God says that his word is nigh. It is spiritual. I know these words and these pieces of paper and these letters on these on these pieces of paper, no matter what language it is being written in, those letters, those symbols, if your language comes from a language of symbols, amen, if whatever those caricatures look like and they begin to express meaning in the form of what word God, if these words are focused on the word God, you have to understand something. God's word was spiritual from the beginning. shall pass away. But the word of God shall stand forever. The word, the covenant has always been spiritual. God's word is never going to go away. Let me share this with you because I know this is a little, this is a little reaching, but you need to get this and, and, and hold on to it. Star Wars came out, we thought that was a big deal, right? You know, Star Wars, right? And, you know, you have, you, have, you have Star Trek, Star Wars, and we have all these tech, all this technology where now we can, you can just take a plane to another galaxy or, or whatever, a ship to another galaxy and all this stuff. And everybody, oh, wow, that's going to be great. And we're going to be able to do this and, and fly all over the galaxy and meet new creatures and all this kind of stuff. You know what all that stuff does? It clouds one issue. What happened? 
not negate that which is spiritual. Now, I'm not saying that, that's that, that that will be accomplished, but, you know, especially finding aliens on another planet, but I'll leave that for you to deal with on your own. But, but, but what I'm sharing with you is don't let the world distract you from what's most important. And what's most important is, is my soul right with God? Amen. Amen. Because one day death going to come. Right? One day death is going to come. And if my soul is not right with God, if my spirit is not right with God, then where shall it spend eternity? Seek ye the Lord where ye may be found. Call on him while he is near. Look what he said in verse number seven. Let the wicked forsake his way. He, Isaiah is very clear. He makes it very clear. When he says, seek him where he can be found, call on him, if you will, while he is near, he goes into immediate dis, uh, distinction as to those who should, who, should, who should understand the significance of this. Uh, significance of this. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Lord have mercy. Change is necessary. Paul emphasizes to, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Let me tell you something. When you have desired to evolve, to become the Christian that God desires us to be, You are now equipped with that which is necessary to overcome the challenges of life. Because what you now understand is, is that challenges are temporary. Suffering is temporary. Now, I didn't say there's a timeline. I said it's temporary. How do I know this? Because when we look at the, the idea of, of, of how long someone will suffer, I don't know what God has placed in the lives of each of us to suffer to the point where our spirit begins to turn toward God and understand that I may be suffering in my flesh, but my spirit can be made strong in the Lord. I don't know what God has placed in front of each of us because that's in the mind and in the hands of God. But I do have stories. I have stories. One such story is the story of Job. We tell that story all the time. We don't know how long Job suffered, but he suffered for a long time. But I know that at the end of it, Job's spirit was right with God, and God blessed him in the end. But there are other stories that we can talk about that we don't talk about as often as we should. Amen. We talk about the blind man. I don't know how long, uh, amen, that, that, that his blindness, if you will, uh, uh, in terms of his age, but it says that he was blind for a long time because in his youth he had been blind. And lo, uh, and, lo and behold, he meets Jesus. And, and whatever age he was in his blindness, Jesus gave him sight. Amen. amen. In other words, you can be suffering some stuff. And I don't know how long God is, uh, God has planned for you to suffer that through that thing. But I know this, if you stay with the Lord, I know that it's not eternal. I know it's not forever. Because I know that one day we have to let this existence go. And the spiritual existence takes over. And that spiritual existence is the one that we should be focused on. Because our spiritual existence is one that is of eternity. 
the woman with the issue of blood that had the issue that affected her body. And she went to the doctors and the nurses and and everybody and, and tried to find a cure for what it was that she was dealing with. And she couldn't find it. She spent all that she had. But then she heard about Jesus. She heard about Christ. I don't know how long she suffered with it. We can by inference say that she suffered with it a long time. But however long she suffered with it, she didn't find it in that which was temporary. She didn't find a cure and a resolution to it based on that which was temporary. She had to find it in Christ. She had to find it in that which was spiritual. And so I say to you, if you will, with, 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 with all uh, uh, encouragement, that when you, are, when you see that there's a, a distinct difference between living in the physical temporal world and being in a spiritual world, you can be like Paul. You can understand why Paul says it was better for him to uh, you for you, it was better for him to be here. But for him, it was better for him to be with God. Because Paul understood that with God, I don't have to worry about all this stuff. I don't have to worry about all this stuff. You remember Paul was the one that went to Christ. He went to Christ thrice about whatever issues of the body that he was being affected by. The Bible says that he went to Christ and he went to him. And each time he went to him, Christ says, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. In other words, my, that which is spiritual is sufficient. Paul, you need to focus on that which is spiritual. Well, wait a minute, Paul. Aren't you endowed with the Holy Spirit of God? Were you not, if you will, uh, 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 baptized in the spirit of God were you not given these gifts where you can you have all of these gifts that that the Holy Spirit has to offer but even with all of that we find Paul going to Christ about that which was physical and then at the end of it Paul understood Paul had to even with all the miraculous gifts that he was in possession of which would be temporary He understood when Christ said to him, my grace is sufficient, my grace is sufficient. Paul came back to understand. He says, when when, when Jesus says to him, uh, or rather, when Paul says, I can do all things in Christ Jesus. But Jesus says to him, you ought to understand that your strength is made perfect. In weakness. When, when, when you understand that the physical side of your life is temporary, but the spiritual side of your life is eternal, then you begin to understand that it is not about what it is that you're dealing with that is affecting you. In other words, our illnesses and our our, our struggles of the physical side of life, those things are there, but it's not the fact that they are there that causes you to be impacted. It's how you think about them. It's your consciousness. It's whether or not the spiritual side of your life has come to the point where you understand that this body means less than anything we have on the spiritual side. Paul would get to the point where he understood it so well. Where Paul says, I count all this but dung. In other words, Paul got to the point in his spiritual growth where he saw that which was physical and he said, it's all worthless. Not just less, 
but worthless. Paul said, I counted all the dust. For what? For the excellency of the knowledge that is in our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, Paul was letting, them, letting us know, and we should understand, that it's that which is spiritual, which is more important. That which is feeding my spirit is more important than that which I see every day. That which challenges me every day is less important than that which is really true. And that which is really true is that which is spiritual. It is eternity that Isaiah speaks about. Isaiah said, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord. And he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. In other words, forgive. In order for that person to change and to come back to the Lord. And look what he says. Isaiah is speaking about the same thing that we find in 1 Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, uh, 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 2 Corinthians 5 and 19. When he says to, 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 to the church, he says, look, he says, be ye reconciled unto God. Come back to the Lord. Let your consciousness begin to understand the significance of what it means to live a spiritual life. Let your consciousness understand what it means uh, to, 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 for the body to be dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. Remember in 2 Corinthians 5, he says, look, that he says that Christ has taken on all the sins of the world. He is the Lamb of God that took on all the sins of the world. For what reason? For what purpose? That we might become. The righteousness of God in him that we might become. In other words, we have a chance. God has given us a chance to change our lives. He didn't say that you're going to be healthy and, and physically strong and, and you're not going to have any ailments and, and all of that. That's not what he promised you. What he did say to us is that if your spirit Turns to my spirit. If your spirit is reconciled with my spirit, Romans chapter 8. If my spirit can make testimony and be a witness of your spirit, then you are a child of God. And being a child of God, you become an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. That's what he promised. That's what he promised. But the world has given people a different perspective on what it means to have a righteous life with God. We seem to think that the material world is so much more important than the spiritual world. Right? Oh, when you get your life right with God, your hands are going to look new. Your feet are going to look new. And you're going to be this and you're going to have that and, and all these things. That's not what God promised you. But that's what the world wants. But God says, this is not about that which is temporary. This is about that which is eternal. And that which is eternal is that which God desires to have back. It's about that spirit that goes back to God who gave it. And so he says, he says that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It is about that spiritual life. And, 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 and we can only become that which is spiritual when we have the the, the consciousness of that which is eternal 
in Isaiah 55 once again. In verse number 8, I bring you to the consciousness to understand the spiritual life because Isaiah, Isaiah understood amen, that, 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 that the children of Israel who had, who had walked away from God, who had gone into the, the, the things of the world and had embraced the things of the world, and God was about to put them into captivity. Not only were the children, not only were the ten tribes taken by the Assyrians into captivity, never to be heard from again, the other two tribes, which, uh, which uh, historically uh, includes Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, and then some of those who were sprinkled from the tribe of Levi, but for the major part, it was the tribe of Judah, and, and nevertheless, they were considered the two tribes. They were taken into captivity by Nebuchadnezzar, into Babylon, and they would be in there, as Jeremiah would recall, for 70 years. That's two generations, by the way, in Babylon for two generations. 70 years, but, 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 those, but those who remain faithful unto God, even in Babylon, those who remain faithful unto God were allowed to return to Jerusalem where God had put his name. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we're in the world and we feel like we're lost, like the children of Israel. Don't even understand why all the craziness is going on in the world that the way that it does. But let me tell you something. It's not, don't, 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 don't get so distracted by all of the crazy things that are going on in the world. Because remember, God is still on the throne. He's still on the throne. Ups and downs will come, but God is still on the throne. And so as long as we continue, if you will, for, for, for Isaiah says in, in verse number 8 and 55, 55 and 8, he says, look, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. You might see and you hear people say all the time, God has abandoned the world and the world, God has left us and all these things are going on. Let me tell you something, free will is free will. And if this, if you, if you never appreciated the 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 rich man who uh, lifted up his eyes in, in the cars and nailed, uh, and and, and uh, he began to try to bargain with uh, Father Abraham, if you will, and, and he says, uh, "Send send send Lazarus to my brethren," because he didn't want them to come to where he was, right? And then Abraham says. They have the prophets. Lord have mercy. Did you hear what he said? They have the prophets. In other words, the word of God is still up there or down there. <laughs> you know, I, I, since I've never been to Tartarus and don't want to go there, I'll leave the location to the Lord. So if it's up or down, amen, compared to the relative of being on the earth, Wherever it is. Let me just share this with you. He said they have the prophets. And if they don't listen to the prophets, then they will not even listen though one was risen from the dead. Lord have mercy. In other words, God's word, which is eternal, which is everlasting, which is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. If they don't listen to that, no miracle is going to change their soul. 
Because just as quick as that miracle came and went, you will forget about where it even came from. Right? Because a miracle, a miracle was never about changing the soul. It was about confirming the word. Lord have mercy. Gifts. The miraculous events is uh, uh, Hebrews 4 and 2 would help us to understand. All of these things were for the purpose of confirming the word of God. The healing of the blind man. Confirming the word of God. Having the lame man walk, confirming the word of God. Raising Lazarus from the dead, confirming the word of God. Paul lifts up the young man from his fallen death, confirming the word of God. Elijah falling over the young person and bringing life back into that young person, confirming the word of God. When Hezekiah ask for the dial to turn back and so that he could believe that God said through the prophet what he said was true. It was about confirming the word of God. Jesus walking on the water was about confirming the word of God. Being crucified on the cross, buried in a borrowed tomb, raised from the dead on the third day when the Roman soldiers went to the grave site. He was gone already. Why? Because God's word had to be confirmed. It was always about confirming the word of God. Now it's a show. Now it's a show. Right? We're going to speak in tongues and nobody knows what you're talking about. You don't even know what you're talking about. Because there's nobody there That's what tongue speaking was about. Speaking in tongue wasn't about the language itself. The miracle was the fact that the person could speak in a language that they never had learned. That was a miracle. But now all of a sudden we say, oh, the Holy Spirit. That's not what that does. It has nothing to do with that. But every, oh, they, they, he's just full of the Holy Spirit. That's not. That's not. But see, what we forgot is that the word of God is meant to edify. It's meant to fill our spiritual consciousness with the thoughts that God desires us to have so that we can grow thereby. And so when Isaiah says, if you will, to us in Isaiah 55, when he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts, so are my ways, uh, uh, rather, higher than your ways and my thoughts from, uh, than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and make it, it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word. It wasn't about miracles. It's always been about God's word. In John 12 and 48, look what Jesus said. He makes it very clear in John 12 and 48. He that rejecteth me and believeth not my miracles. 
not what Jesus said. He said, he that rejecteth me. And believe it's not my word. Has one who judges me. But the word that I've spoken, the same. Whether or not you carry about your Bible under your arm or in your iPhone or whatever uh, 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 instrument you use of technology. It, that's not what God is talking about. It's not about whether or not the words are in the book. The question is whether the words are in your heart. Are they in your heart? In your mind? Because if they're in your heart and your mind, you got a chance. Lord have mercy. Because when God's word gets into your heart and your mind, it's able to change you. If they stay in this book, if they stay in your iPhone, and it never gets into your mind, what good is it? What good is it? It's about the word getting into your heart to, so that so when it gets into your consciousness and your spiritual heart, your life begins to mimic that which you now believe. And you embrace. It is about the changing and becoming righteous before God. When Isaiah says that God's word is not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways, even as the heavens are high above the earth, are his thoughts from our thoughts and his ways from our ways. In verse 11, he says, So my so shall my word be that be that goeth uh, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my out of my mouth. Right? Out of my mouth. And I want you to see something here because when you when you see God saying that so shall my this this is this is my word that goeth forth out of my mouth, I want you to see something here. When you look at Revelations and you find something in Revelations 1 and 16, you find something very interesting that Jesus talks about the sword. Because a lot of us may come away with the understanding that he's talking about some physical knife or long instrument that uh, if you will that we call a sword uh, that's that that's that that uh, is used in battle uh, of the flesh where one uh, cuts one another but when you look at revelations 1 and 16 that's not how God speaks about this sword this sword this word of God look what he says in verses one in uh, chapter uh, uh, Revelations chapter one verse number sixteen, the book of the last things, the book of eschatology, he says, and he had in his right hand. This is. This is. I, I'm going to start verses number eleven, because I got to give you a little context. So John is on the Isle of Patmos. He's been. He's been abandoned there. And though he may seem to be alone, we find, based on this text, that he was far from that. And, 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 and boy, there's a, there's, a, there's a sermon in that in of itself. I don't have time to deal with all of it, but I'll give you a little idea. You know, sometimes we're going through life and struggles become so difficult, you think that you're all alone. You think you're by yourself. You think nobody cares. But let me share something with you. Always remember that God is there with you. 
that God is there with you. In Revelations 1 and 11, John writes to a saying, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, and, and what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches, which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and to uh, uh, Smyrna, and to Pergamos, and to Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. This is John. And, he, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, the idea of perfection. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man. This is Jesus. Clothed with a garment down to the foot. Girt about the paps with golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool. As white as snow. And his eyes were a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass. And as, it, they, and as if they turned in a furnace, and his voice as a sound of many walls. Don't sound like the pictures we be seeing. Amen when you can. Verse number 16, and he had in his right hand, he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth, out of his mouth went a sharp. Two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. Let me tell you something. This is not some monster. When he speaks of this in figurative language, in imagery, he is speaking, if you will, in, in, in this imagery. The two-edged sword that, is, that, is, that, that he is showing is not about a physical war instrument as a Roman soldier would possess in battle. A knife that is elongated. That's not even what he's talking about in the form of a sword. He's talking about the eternal word. The word of God is being spoken and the word of God can only be spoken in, the, in, it, in its most powerful sense and way through Christ. And he says it, was, it went, a, went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. This is the imagery of the sword that came forth and it came forth from Christ. Look at, look at chapter 2. And verse number 12. Paul, John rather, continues to write. And John says, And to the angel of the church in Pergamos write, These things saith he which hath the sharp sword with two edges. In other words, he emphasizes that the word of God is what's most important because it is what speaks to the church. Do you notice what he says? Write this to the churches. Say this to the churches. Let the word of God, if you will, be, per, uh, 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 be, 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 be shared with the churches. Look at Revelations 19. In verse number 15, 
verse number 19 and verse number 15. John writes and he says, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the almighty God. Let me tell you something. When the word of God is spoken, it's not spoken to that which is temporal, to that which is physical. When the word of God is spoken, it's spoken to that which is spiritual. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 45, Paul writes to the church and says, So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Let me tell you something. Adam went back to the dust of the earth from which he came. But Christ, Christ went to the Lord, went went to the Father in heaven's glory. So says Ezekiel. So says Daniel. So says Luke in the book of Acts. We find where Christ arises on that cloud, arises rather, on that cloud. He goes back to the Father, and on that cloud, he's given dominion, and he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I'm he that was dead, but now I'm alive forevermore. The word of God is spiritual, and being that it is spiritual, it is eternal. And being that it is eternal, it will never pass away. The only thing that we as people need to understand is that it is here for correction. For getting us to understand how we can live our lives before God. How we too can become spiritual. But I am spiritual. Our lives can reflect that which is spiritual. As I close, in Hebrews chapter 4, look what he says, Paul does, to the, to the diaspora, those who are scattered abroad. To those who are struggling. Verse number 7. Again, he limited a certain day saying, in David, today. After so long a time, as it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. The word of God is speaking to your spirit. And he's saying, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. James says, be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Look into the perfect law of liberty. See what manner of man that you are. And don't be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer of the word. This man shall be blessed in his deed. Today, urgency, as Isaiah says, urgency. Seek him while he can be found. You don't know when God will cease his long-suffering. You don't know when the spiritual life that God desires for you to have will no longer be available. 
But it will come one day. And so he says, today, today, notice the urgency. As Isaiah showed the urgency, notice that he has the urgency. In Hebrews, today, today, not tomorrow, not this afternoon, but right now. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the time of salvation. For if Jesus had given them rest, then he would not have afterward have spoken of another day. You see, some people think that there's nothing left to do because Jesus died on the cross. He was resurrected, and now that Jesus has died on the cross, took on the sins of the whole world and has been resurrected, is in heaven and having dominion, that there's nothing for mankind to do anymore, that everybody's going to be saved. That's not what the Bible teaches. That's why he says today, if you would hear his voice, harden not your heart. Your conscience is not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but it's an answer of a good conscience toward God. There remaineth a rest for us, and that rest is that which is eternal. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than uh, than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing of sunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and marrow and it is a it, it, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart your consciousness is what's most important when it comes to us desiring to be children of the Most High God, when it comes to desiring to be saved, to be spiritual, it's not about what you do. It's about where your consciousness is. Because, see, if it's just about what you do, you are susceptible to do anything.
your garments spotless are they white as snow are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? <clears throat> Amen. 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 Yeah. 